Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Manchester Football Social. I just want to send you a little message and thank you very much for downloading this show. Uh, I want to make sure you're subscribed to the Manchester Football Social because then you'll never miss another episode. You can do that wherever or however you listen to this podcast. We've also got a new Twitter account that'll be mint for you to follow. It's MCR40Social on Twitter. Find that, give it a quick search and give it a follow. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the show. This is XS. This is the Wednesday Club. My name is Joe McGrath, and in front of me are some lovely characters, including Mr. Ian Cheeseman. Hello, Ian. Hello there. Representing the blue side, Ian uh, was at uh, the Watford game last night, and I'm sure he'll tell us all about his trip down south. And on the red side, we've got Alex Boardman this week. Hello, Alex. Are you good? Yes, I'm fine. Thanks, Joe. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah. Ready for the hour ahead? Yeah, well, it's taking an hour and a half to get in today. Oh, that traffic me. Talking is about the mental. Talking about the traffic already, trying to avoid some subjects that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> uh, we're going to be looking at Manchester United and City, the gap that has already been created, and if we were to put uh, money on it, if we were betting men, how many points do you think United will be behind City come the end of the season? That is a tricky question, and one I want you to answer on the text, 87711. We're also talking about Pep Guardiola and his performances. Uh, I want to ask City fans about the, the Pep saying there is no perfect performance for City. What's the closest to perfect you've seen uh, as Manchester City uh, continue to win in the Premier League? So pick a performance out where you, as a City fan, have gone, Do you know what, that is pretty close to perfect, and let us know what that is, as well as looking down the Ballon d'Or list. Because no one's done that on the Manchester Football Social yet. So I thought the Wednesday club will tackle that. We've got the list in front of us. We know who won, who's Luka Modric. But let's go down it and let's see what other people voted for. Uh, and also previewing Manchester United because they are in action today against Arsenal over Old Trafford, which is why if you're listening um, in Manchester, the roads are chocker. If you're on the podcast, you're probably tucked up in bed uh, somewhere nice and safe. Uh, right, Alex. Mm. Hello. Hiya. Oh, actually, I want to speak to Ian, if that's good. Okay, Ian, great. Yeah, uh, fine. Absolutely <laughs> fine. I'll be outside pause on, uh, me. Pause on you there. Uh, Ian, uh, your uh, trip down to London yesterday. Watford, uh, for anyone who's uh, uh, listening, City fans who are watching a game, tell us about the game. It was an important win, a 2-1 win in the end for Manchester City, but it was three points uh, and three points well-deserved. 
Well, Watford uh, last few years have, have been a bit of a rubbing rag for City. They've had some impressive high-scoring victories against I'm them. Sorry, I've, I've never heard that before. A rubbing rag. A rubbing rag. Oh, what's you a never rubbing heard that rag? Expression? No. A rubbing what's rag. What's a rubbing rag? Well, as far as I know, that's a commonly used expression. To oh, let me go. As soon as, 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 soon as oh, I right, got okay. onto, as soon as I got onto uh, rubbing rag rubbing on rag. Google, Urban Dictionary came up. Yeah. And let's just say I cannot repeat what it's just said. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, I didn't uh, mean anything. Bad. when you wash your mouth out. <laughs> uh, carry, <laughs> carry on. Anyway, um, uh, they've, they've been lambs to the slaughter. Can I use that one? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, no, actually, because the vegans have banned it today. Yeah, that's so true. All right, City have won well at uh, at Watford. <laughs> In the last few years, uh, by big scores, is that all right? Yeah, Tell me when I've said anything wrong, <laughs> and um, and so maybe some people would have expected the same again. It wasn't quite that way. I thought uh, Watford, particularly their goalkeeper, um, did did all right. Um, City did actually play well, I would suggest, for 80 minutes. I thought they played some lovely football. They wasted chances. Gabriel Jesus, Mares uh, had chances that that could have given City a wider. Uh, advantage perhaps by certainly in the early second half they never did that never killed the game off and then later on about 10 minutes from the end Watford get a goal back gives the the crowd a little bit of encouragement which was uh, this sounds really patronising but lovely to see that the Watford fans still had hope and still believed that their team could get something and you know what with that emphasis behind them keeper went up for a couple of corners lots of long balls bombed in there uh, City had to bring on a third central defender in Laporte, so they had three central defenders at the end. Boring, part um, the bus. Yeah, <laughs> they did part <laughs> the bus in the last five minutes or so, trying to hang on to the game, and uh, and, and they got away with it. And, uh, and even though uh, the score says 2-1, in the end everybody will say another routine victory, certainly that last ten minutes I would say it wasn't that, and I genuinely thought that, that City could very easily have conceded a goal later on. In fact, if you go back to the Bournemouth game, which obviously we haven't spoken about because but it still since yeah, yeah. we were last here in the Wednesday club um, again City won 3-1 uh, but it was one all at one stage um, at 2-1 um, I thought Bournemouth were, were in the game and I must admit in the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes till City got the third I was a little bit nervous so there's been a little bit of a jeopardy around but what have been the missing ingredients well obviously no KDB uh, David Silva didn't start against Bournemouth only came on late on Um They've, they've had other injuries, you know, to, to, to players and Gabriel Jesus has played up front in both of those games where it might have been Sergio Aguero played in that role had he been fit or had there not been so many fixtures coming one after the other. And so I think on other days, those te two teams might have been um, put to bed a little bit easier. Am I allowed to say put to bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, might have been beaten fairly easily. But when you look at the fixtures, the fact that there's one every three days, the fact that the Blues faced Chelsea at Stamford Bridge at the weekend, I can understand why there was a bit of squad rotation. But what it tells me is that City's squad might have strength in depth and might be capable of beating Bournemouth and Watford, but it not quite by that emphatic the way that we're used to. So I expect against Chelsea at the weekend, City will have Aguero back. Um, certainly David Silva will start again. Um, you know, and the, there will be a, a different feel to the, the way City are. Did Sane look comfortable in the squad? Obviously, like, there was a lot of talk about the, at the start of the season what Sane's attitude. Um, but obviously, getting the goal for City, I thought he looked well. I thought he looked like he could, you know, 
continue to be a first team footballer for, for Manchester City. Do you think Pep sees that and that's why he, you know, he was on against Watford last night? Well, it was arguable whether he or Raheem Sterling was actually man of the match against Bournemouth. I couldn't split the two of them. I thought they both played exceptionally well. Last night, Raheem was resting, rested, so Sane played. And although a lot of the, the experts, and I'm not an expert, so maybe they know better than me, uh, went for Mares as man of the match because he had an assist and a goal in the game, mm-hmm. I actually thought Sane was probably the man of the match. Uh, and perhaps I go against other people by saying this, but even though he had an assist and a goal, um, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that Mares works in this team the way that they play with tempo uh, at the moment. So I, I wasn't quite as impressed, although he did all right. I'm not, not knocking him, but... Um, I, I, I would have had Sane, which was your original question as man of the match. Yeah. So, uh, with that in mind, Manchester City obviously leading the way at the top of the table, and the gap has then increased uh, today <coughs> between Manchester City and Manchester United. Although we will be previewing Manchester United against Arsenal, which happened in at Old Trafford. Uh, if you're on the way to Old Trafford, always get in touch with us, Excess Manchester, as well as at MCR Footy Social on Twitter. Let us know your feelings before the game. The gap now with City winning uh, last night has increased 19 points. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're good with that so far, Alex. Yeah, yeah, that's this is a where fact. it gets a bit more painful. That is a fact. A good fact. Do you like the fact? No, do but it's a fact. Uh, the, do you want another fact? If you want. Well, there will be 38 <laughs> games come the end of the Premier League season, uh, and all them games, uh, when all played and done, uh, there will be one team above the other. Uh, that could look like Manchester City being above Manchester United at the minute. And the question I want to ask you, is if it's 19 points now, for you, Alex, as a Manchester United fan, when the end of the season uh, is done and dusted, how many points will Manchester City be above Manchester United? I'm, I'm not sure they will. <laughs> I'm not sure they will be above them. <laughs> Next question. He's a comedian, this fellow. Next special question. Comedian. He's on the comedy club tonight. Yeah, comedy club tonight, 8 o'clock. Um, I don't... Excuse me. I've had a brew. It's gone down the wrong way since you asked me this Imagine that. I made the drink for him. That's why. He did. He's put something in it. (laughs) I don't think... uh, I I think we should be looking more like how many points will we be behind Chelsea Tottenham at the minute because it's looking like we won't be anywhere near the top four. Um, I can't see us... I can't see City losing more than three games. Let's say that. if, If they lose that. I can't see us winning every single game between now and the end of the season. So, honestly, let's say it'll be about it'll be about 19 points. It'll be about that. And it pains you, me to say... What do you mean? And I hate to say... Point. So let me just get this straight. So you don't think United are going to drop any more points between now and the end of the no, season? That, no, no. But what I think might happen is I think City might... Depending on what happens with Liverpool, if, if City are pressed, um, and also depending on how far they go in the Champions League... There's a chance. Um, there's a chance they might sort of back off for the last five or six games. That's the best we can hope for at the minute to to keep it at 19. But you, I hate saying it, but I'll be realistic. I'll be honest. We've been awful this season. I'm, I'm amazed at how terrible we've been. So 19 points at the minute is fair. It could be 30. If uh, the two clubs, Manchester clubs, carried on at this current rate throughout the season with the recent form. Uh, Manchester City would finish 46 points above Manchester United. Obviously, we know form can change. Uh, it might ever get worse than that. Uh, mm. That would have landed, uh, taking away the... Uh, looking at last season, United would have only been seventh, which isn't too bad. If you're 46 points below Manchester City, you would have got right. seventh space. Uh, for you, Ian, the same question. Um, you've, you know, you might have not seen as much Manchester United as, Ian, uh, as Alex has. How much 
do you think United will improve over the next couple of months? Or if so, maybe not improve? And the same question, how many points will City be above Manchester United? Well, I, I certainly think that City will continue on pretty much the way that they are, but they can't surely go through a whole season, you know, at the rate where they've dropped four points so far in the opening 15 games, is it? Um, I don't imagine that in the next 15 games they will only drop four points and in the 15 games after that they'll, or whatever, you know, that they'll drop another four. I think they will increase the number of points that they'll drop. So will Liverpool. Um, so I don't think it'll stay like that because obviously number of games you've got, um, you know, injuries, suspensions, fatigue, all take into account. I do believe, and I've said this before, that United, um, when they're behind, play play their best football and I still feel that at some point during this season, um, there's a very strong chance, let's put it that way, that Mourinho will either be sacked or decide to go. And if and when that happens, I believe that United have, uh, can be can 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 get more points per game than whatever that number is at the moment, because I believe they have the points to do that, uh, the, the players to do that. Uh, I think it's going to be touch and go, as Alex says, to get into the top four. I don't think it's beyond them, but I no, think it's no, beyond well, them now. Well, the Mourinho said needs a miracle. Oh, what we'll goes through your head as a, as a positive United fan? I know you always look on the bright side of life, Yeah, it's re he's been really hard. It was really hard. Palace was the one that broke me. Um, because I can't believe you're saying this, Alex. <clears throat> oh, Keep sorry, your man. faith, mate. Keep the well, faith. no, no. I'd, I'd, it's just really, really hard to see what Mourinho's trying to do. And Palace was the game. There were other games this season. Um, the game against Valencia at home after we'd been so terrible against West Ham away. And the players just kind of, it was, that was a nil-nil and it was boring and it was dull with the exception of Rashford who tried and it appeared no one else did. Pretty much a very similar thing with the Southampton game that's just gone. Go two goals behind. Everybody's heads dropped. The only player that's still going is Rashford. Um, these these two games, the last two games, Palace and Southampton, before that, Mourinho said, right, we've got six games now and we need to get be in the top four by the end of these six games. Um, Palace and Southampton were two of them. Huddersfield on Boxing Day is another one. Fulham this Saturday is another one. I think we've got Cardiff after that, in and around Arsenal and Liverpool. So, it, but the two games, the two of the first four or five that you would have said, oh, we've got to get maximum points, we got draws and we were, you know, the Southampton game, 2 0 behind. We could have been 3 0 behind before we even started to play. So I just don't see. We've got an injury crisis at the minute. So we're going to play Arsenal tonight with pretty much no recognised centre half, if reports are to be believed. Smalling's possibly injured. Jones is injured. Um, Windelhoff's injured long term. Rojo's only started training last week. Might play Matic in there again. Might play McTominay. So can you see us getting much tonight? I don't know. Um, and then in two weeks' time, we've got Liverpool. We're on fire and Liverpool away. And we're not even playing as a team that can just defend and park the bus. Nobody's the midfield is just non-existent, it seems. Our forwards are so out of form, mm -hmm. it's laughable. And who, who knows if, if we'll even have a, a full centre, full defensive fall to play against Liverpool. So it's, it's really hard to be positive, but it's, my positivity has changed to, to anger a bit more. The yeah. City away was awful to watch. There was just no effort. The nil-nil against Palace was again the same awful, terrible match to watch. And each time, you know, each time you go and each time you you pay 30 quid and each time you, you know, you're, you're on the tram there and you're going, oh, this will be all right. And then you're going back and you're like, 
going, that was awful, wasn't it? It was just awful. It's clueless and it's painful to watch. That said, Arsenal would be the time to get back in. Could could change in a, a click of the fingers. But, I know, but we kind of thought about that so many times during the season. Newcastle United fans were saying, yeah. "There's the change." Yeah, Juventus away. There's the change. There's the change. And so a lot of people talk about United being a money making club, and they only make decisions for money, and that's where the Glazers are in charge. And Woodward is all about commercial minded uh, when it comes to the brand of Manchester United. So when do you think the tipping point would be for someone like Woodward, who might look at Mourinho and might look at him leaving the club? Because a lot of people say now Mourinho has that name, has that uh, sort of selling factor, uh, but it's got to come a point surely where the, the money isn't to. going to be made. Uh, do you see that anytime soon? Well, the money, the money's currently still being made, so uh, he, he yes, won't but care. it will start to affect. Yeah, it will start to, but it's not done yet. And, and actually, will it? Because they've bought. I don't think they think they've bought a winning football club. I think they think they've brought a badge and a brand, the same way. Coca-Cola is a brand, the same way Adidas is a brand. Hey, yeah, but if Coca-Cola have got the, a new range of drinks uh, coming out and something starts to fail in their product and the, the yeah. product isn't you know, tasting been, nice or it's whatever. It's been stagnating for, what, five or six years and it's not affected anything. Um, to be to be fair, it's actually had the opposite effect. They, they're now selling, you know, we've got noodle sponsors, we've got tyre sponsors, we've probably got an official foot pass spa f- sponsor, we've got a watch sponsor. A throat sponsor for your... I do, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you sponsor. put in these brew cheeses, but it's killing me. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't see him sacking Mourinho. It'll also cost him £40 million by his contract to get rid of him. So, you know, and also, realistically, who else is there? If, you say Moyes couldn't do it, and you go, right, maybe the job was too big for him. Van Gaal... He was manager at Barcelona. Is it is a United job too big for him? No, he didn't play good football, so he goes, and we've got Mourinho waiting. So yes, that's guaranteed success. Mourinho comes, something's wrong there. He's given money to buy players like Pogba. He's not given money to buy a new centre half. Um, so you you know how many people are there better than Mourinho? I can I can understand people saying he's finished, he's done. But realistically, Pochettino, would he leave? Why would you leave Tottenham, actually, currently, to go into like that mess and know that you can't even bring Alderweireld with you if you want that? Because they won't go and pay the money, they won't go and buy him. Isn't it sad, though, that you're saying this as a United fan? Because for years, the the argument from a United perspective has always been, who wouldn't want to play for United? Yeah, yeah. Perry, who presents the breakfast programme on XS, has, has had that. I remember, we had, I remember that quote, Joe. When yeah, he, he did. He said pretty much <laughs> that. Who wouldn't want to play for United? Who wouldn't want to play for Manchester United? And yet you've just said it. Why would Pochettino come? To well, United? why would? He? Yeah, why would he? Currently, because times have changed. Because of, I don't, I don't know. What if you're known then as the? I mean, there's one thing to be obviously the, coming to United and failing, but what if you're then the hero? If you've got so much confidence in yourself as a manager and you think you can be the savior of Manchester United, mm. your legacy and history in the game of football will forever be that you picked up a Manchester United who's failing for five years and you yeah. brought them back to the top. You bought them winning Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues. So it, if anything, you just need a manager with but confidence. Is there not in somebody himself? internally? You know, let me well, listen because I suspect, and I know it's not the right time to have this conversation about City, but when Pep goes, my feeling is that Mikel Arteta is probably the next manager in waiting. Yeah, from you know the way you're talking, Alex, and I understand it. Who is there out there? You, mm. you want ideally to bring in somebody who's got a track record, who's done this and the other. I get that completely. If City appoint Arteta, 
He's got no track record. He comes in because he's part of that machine. Is yeah. it not somebody? Well, Liverpool, Trafford? Liverpool did that throughout the eighties. Liverpool always did that, and it. Um, I don't think there is currently. I don't think it's Carrick. I, I, I liked Carrick as a player. I just don't think he's got the personality for the job. Might be wrong. Um, Giggs went away with Wales. Results have been bad for the. Um, when he he took over in the interim between Moyes leaving and Van Hal. And the football was good. It was exciting. He gave two brand new debutants, two youth players. Um, they scored. Um, well, Wilson scored two and uh, they were promptly sold by Van Gaal. So I think if any manager that does come and rescue United, I think has to do it with whatever we've got in the youth team and whatever we've got out that's our players now on loan because we're not spending it, it would appear close to what City are going to spend and close to what Liverpool are going to spend. <coughs> when you say going to spend, I don't think City Go are going to spend much Final in the no, no. coming up now because they've got what they need in place. Well, we'll see what happens in January. Yeah. But, you know, have we ever needed centre-halves more? Let's go to a little break because coming up we're going to be obviously previewing uh, Manchester United against Arsenal. It's happening uh, obviously at Old Trafford today. Probably uh, it's traffic's a bit bad if you're listening on 106.1 FM. If you've got the podcast, thank you. Make sure you rate it five stars on whatever podcast app you are listening to. Uh, we're going to take a little break. Coming back after the break, I want to know about uh, your closest uh performance from Pep that has been to perfect could have said that better but Ian I'm sure you'll have one in mind and also we're talking about Arsenal and the way they replaced Wenger was there any lessons United could have learned when they replaced Sir Alex Ferguson that and more coming up right after this Manchester Football Social Good evening, this is the Manchester Football Social. It's the Wednesday Club. Thank you very much for listening. My name is John McGrath. Uh, sort of in uh, proceedings, sort of keeping an eye on everyone and making sure no one says anything out of ordinary. Uh, I've got Alex on the red side. Hello, Alex <laughs> Boardman. Hiya. Okay. Um, he wasn't crying throughout the first section of the show. If you missed it, go and get the podcast. You had a, something in your throat. I just you? got a bit that's of what a we're telling the throat. Yeah, he's my way. It's the busiest time of the year for me, so I'm feeling it currently. He's representing the blues. Side. Uh, busy night for you, Ian. What time did you get home after the Watford game? 3am. Three, three uh, we're going to be previewing Arsenal against Manchester United shortly. Uh, we're also going to be talking now about Manchester City, about Pep Guardiola, mentioning that there's no such thing as like a perfect performance. Uh, and we can understand that. You could always sort of try something different or there's something could have happened in a game. It's 90 minutes of football. It's never going to be perfect. But I wanted to know from a, a City fan's point of view, a game you've seen under Pep Guardiola that could have been close to perfect. Um, I know Ian is uh, sort of diplomatic when I ask these questions. It's not diplomatic. So I'm, I'm expecting all sorts. Uh, Ian? It's not diplomatic, honestly. Okay. I mean, Pep himself will tell you, and, <laughs> and he does in post-match press conferences, virtually after every game, even though they go out and beat somebody 5-0 or whatever, which they do a lot at the moment, and he'll say, nah, it wasn't happened with the second half, this didn't happen, bit of sloppy defending there, didn't press them high enough and he's right yesterday at Watford you could make an argument to say that there were phases of that game when they were as near perfect as anything but they didn't complete and, and finish the chances let the other team back in and ended up being a nail biter there have been a succession of big home victories um, some of them have been perhaps better than others I remember the Shakhtar game away in the Champions League um, I think that was pretty much near perfect but then it's qualified by 
two weeks later when they played the same team at home and put six past them and you think, well, perhaps it wasn't as perfect. Maybe it was just that Shakhtar weren't that good. And that's the trouble with football. You can have a perfect ballet where somebody does everything right, but you're not you're not balleting against somebody. You mm. know, so in football, your performance is not just a measure of your performance, it is the opposition. And often you come away from a game and you think were City good today? This is, of course, talking about the Blues. Were City good today or were the opposition poor? And you, you, you're never quite sure. And then the, the next week, the team you beat 6-0 wins. I mean, City won down at West Ham, emphatically. The next mm-hmm. game, they won away from home 3-0. So yeah. you think that makes City's win at West Ham better. But does it make it perfect? Because I didn't think West Ham were very good on that day. So... I'm sorry, I can't give you a yeah, nice little you, in an envelope <laughs> example. An example. Um, never mind, but let me know if you've got uh, an example. Uh, excess Manchester. Six one at Old Trafford was near. Oh right, yeah, under under Pep, of course. Um, <laughs> let's talk now about uh, Manchester United against Arsenal. Uh, we're gonna have someone from the lovely Full Time Devils who will be doing the show tomorrow on Excess Manchester. The football, the social phoning. Um, majority of people who listen to that uh, tend to be City fans, just because it's a bit of a laugh. It's like a Radio <laughs> Four comedy show. Um, let's talk to. Alan Alex then about United against Arsenal tonight. You're worried. Uh, I'm very worried, yeah. At the time we stop recording at seven o'clock doing the live show, the team will be out, so we can't tell you the team, but we can talk about the lack of defenders that Jose Mourinho's got to pick from. Well, Mourinho said earlier in his press conference, earlier today, that Smalling's got a knock. Um, Ashley Young's suspended anyway, so Ashley Young's out, so there's no right-back, Valencia's injured, so it looks like it'll be Dallow at right-back. Phil Jones has taken a knock, obviously, because he's played two games, so that's about as much as he can do without being injured. Um, we know Windelhoff's a long-term injury. Baye has also got a knock, supposedly, in training. Rojo only started training last week, and uh, Luke Shaw came off when they played against Southampton. He was brought off because he had a knock. So essentially that's no centre-halves, no left-back, and a right-back that's 20 years old and only played one Premier League, maybe half an hour. We we put a lot of talk into Manchester City when they bring on Phil Foden for the last two minutes of a game. Hmm. And you think, well, he's such a young talent. I don't, you, I don't well, agree with that, well, actually, right, to be honest. Well, I think he's a great young talent, yeah, yeah, so but I don't think it's like something that should be lauded when he comes on for two no, no, minutes no, 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 when no, a game's won. That's what I'm won. saying. This is the stick I'm giving. Yeah. This is, I'm saying City gets stick for it. But shouldn't Jose Mourinho get stick for bringing McTominay on in an unfair, uh, in a position he's not familiar with as a centre-back partnership with Matic and Jones, a young player who is sort of being put up for the fault? This is why we're getting beat, because we're playing a youngster in a, yeah, but he's a not, midfielder, but he's only played a defender. One, he only but, played but, one but, other game so, in that position. Pep brings his, his youngsters on, he, he sort of shows them what it's like to be on a pitch with uh, professional players. He doesn't, Mourinho brings he doesn't his bring his younger players on. What are you talking about? He brings... So what would you rather do? Would you rather have a, a situation where you've got a youngster who you bring on for the last five minutes of a game and get them to to sort of build up experience? Or would you rather do what Mourinho did on the weekend and put a young def- uh, midfielder in a defensive role? But what else just could... so he can be the scape goat? Well, he played he played quite a bit last season, Matt Tomine. He, yeah, played in in, he played in midfield. So this season he's come in um, twice. He's played in that sort of right hand side of a back three um, when when required. But when he's got no Jones, no Smalling, um, Bayes out injured and Windowoff's out injured, and Rojo's trained for one day, then he's not really got any other option. You think the only possibility is, is putting Fellaini um, at centre half, and he's probably a little bit too slow for that. And also. 
you'd need to sit him in front of that back three if you're going to protect it. It's a so great I question, I don't think... though, that Joel's asking, because I, I understand the nuance of what you're saying. Which yeah, is I don't how, know if I do, how, actually. How, how, well, well no, just talking about the young, the, a young player like McTominay, I, I see potential in him, but I just felt like Mourinho was using him as, as a, a scapegoat. Yeah, no, a scapegoat. I totally disagree with that. I think he really likes McTominay. He gave him that special player of the year award last year. I don't think he's doing that. I think he's looking at him and saying, we need you. You're my only option or you're my best option. Um, come in and come in and play. Rojo was on the bench though. Rojo would play, he trained for one day. Yeah, but this that. is a young midfielder. A youngster who has yeah. only played for Manchester United in a midfield role. He's still in the game. But Rojo's not played for a year. And he's not fit. But he is a central defender and one that yeah, we bought to fit, play no, his defence. He's defense. not fit to play. But yeah. is he fit? Would you rather, so you'd personally stick McTominay in the centre-back rather than Rojo? Yeah. Yeah, especially on the right-hand side because Rojo's totally left-footed. And also, there's no point. You put Rojo, if Rojo plays tonight, chances are he'll come off if he's injured. If he's trained for one day, there's, McTominay's younger, he's fitter. You can't play players that are injured. Adam, you just can't play it. Sorry, Adam McCullough from Full Time. Hello, Adam. Yo, Joe, what's going on? <laughs> Adam, uh, I love following Adam on Twitter when, when uh, certain um, decisions are made by Jose Mourinho. He obviously helps uh, with the full-time Devils uh, presenting, but now it's your time to have your say, Adam. Uh, How do you feel being on the other foot? You're on the phone. I know, I'm, I know, I know. It's weird, isn't it, Joe? Normally, <laughs> you keep next year doing all your work. I do all your work. You're at Old Trafford, Adam. What did you make of the weekend then? That little discussion there we had about McTominay and centre-back. And what do you think is going to happen tonight with the defence? Jose threw McTominay under the bus, let's be honest. Um, he didn't do that because he thinks McTominay can do a role there. He didn't do that because McTominay was the best for the position. He did that to prove a point to the board. Um, and he's been doing that all season since the summer. And I think that's been a big problem. I think the board should have backed him in the summer. They should have got him a centre-half. But ever since that's happened, he's thrown his toys out of the pram. And he's not really tried to make make it, things happen with what we have. And what we have isn't as bad as people make out. What we have isn't mid-table. And what we have, we shouldn't be having negative goal difference. And that's exactly what we are at the moment in, in Jose Mourinho's third season. It isn't good enough. Um, and ultimately, it's down to him. Uh, I heard the discussion that McTominay was the only option or, you know, the safest option. But he's a young kid playing at centre-half. And if he has a bad game, that destroys him. And I think we had Rojo there. I know he wasn't fully fit or whatever. But surely if he's fit enough to be on the bench, you play him. Um, so I find some of his decision-making very, very weird. But having said that, I think potentially today, with the way this United team is, you don't know who's going to turn up. You don't know how we're going to play. I wouldn't be surprised to see us win today. But by the same... Token, I wouldn't be surprised to just get hammered 3-0, so... It 100% is true. At the minute. I, I know, Adam, you take these games to art, and, and like the, when a performance is awful, it affects, you know, lots of United fans, and, and it, it's not, you know... You don't like waking up the next day after... No, it's defeat. awful. So it's how awful does it feel to going to a game like this, Adam? You're at Old Trafford now. What is it like? What are the fans looking like? What, what, what's the sort of the mood around Old Trafford? It's a weird one. Um, everyone, I've, I've spoken to a few who think the same. We might pull something out of the bag, but I don't think many are feeling that way. I think most expect um, probably an, the same old, same old, but hope for the best because we've seen us pull it out of the bag against the likes of Juventus, Man City, a couple of the best teams in Europe there. So 
it's clear that we can do it, um, but we just don't do it consistently enough. The players don't perform consistently enough, and uh, the manager definitely isn't performing consistently enough. So it's a weird mix at the moment, and something has to give. Um, but even if we win today, I don't think that. I think that's just papering over the cracks, mm. which is a big problem for United. Who do you think um, he's going to pull up top, Adam? I'll probably go with Lukaku and. Lukaku playing against uh, we don't play Lukaku's strengths for starters yeah. although Lukaku's been in awful form but if we play Lukaku against against his Arsenal back four or back three or whatever he is he should have some luck but the way we play is very slow very static and if we play like that against this Arsenal side and they perform anything like they did on the weekend they're going to batter us so mm. It's a worry. It's really, it's a, it's a really weird one at the moment. But we know what happened last time they came here um, on an unbeaten run. Um, <laughs> we, we ended that for them. So <laughs> we've been destroyed. And I mean, remember that under Van Aal, we had we had no hope going into that game, and Marcus Rashford popped up with two goals. So. <laughs> This is just me trying to be an optimist. <laughs> Adam, so you're doing you you we're gonna be off air when the team comes out, but you're full time devils, you're gonna break the team news and then you're doing yeah, uh, so fam cams afterwards as well. Yeah, so head over to youtube.com slash full time devils. We'll be doing the team news beforehand, fan cams after, my review after. I usually have a little bit to moan about, um but yeah, hoping we'll be celebrating today and thinking, why can't we perform like this every week? Have a good one, Adam. Thank you very much. United are winning 4 0, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Adam. Thank you very much, Adam McCullough. Do go and check out Full Time Devils now. Make sure uh, you subscribe as well. Uh, They'll be breaking all the team news because obviously we'll be off air when it comes out. Um, do you think he'll stick with Lukaku then up to? Yeah, I think he will. I don't see there's much other option. I think Rashford should play for the way he played against Southampton. And Martial was dropped to the bench um, because I think the City game was the last game he scored in. He'd had five, he'd had five really good games before that. Um, City game, he never got the ball, so I can't really blame him for that one. And then since then, against Palace, he was invisible. Um, he didn't play the full match against Young Boys. And against Southampton, he didn't play the full match. So, it, you know, I don't need Martial... I think he'll probably go a bit more defensively with the midfield with Herrera and possibly Fred in as well. Might drop Pogba. Might, Might play Pogba at centre half. You don't. You literally do not know what's going to happen. Uh, we're looking uh, more depth with um, Ian and and Alex about um, the Manchester United game uh, because uh, Ian can relax now. City got their win last night. I'm relaxed. <laughs> you were being relaxed all season. We're also going to bring you up Secret Santa. Uh, we are going to be doing a Secret Santa on uh, the Wednesday Club uh, with some special guests. Uh, one of them being in the studio. Say hello, Paul. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're going to be also getting hopefully Trevor on on the phone or Steve. Uh, Shanyaski because he's going to be uh, doing the uh, doing the secret Santa with us. Uh, a question for you before I leave you uh, for a little break. Um, why is the twenty third of August, nineteen eighty six, a significant date uh, for this game against Manchester United and Arsenal? I'll be telling you that, and we'll be obviously previewing the game right after this. Excess Manchester, Manchester Football Social. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. This is the Wednesday Club, and I'm joined on the blue side by Ian Cheeseman. Hello, Ian. Blue, man. And on the red side, Alex. <laughs> Hello, Alex Borden. Hiya. Hiya. Uh, normally joined as well by Steve Shanyaski. What the Wednesday Club is, we don't take ourselves too seriously because uh, we sometimes talk rubbish. Uh, but we also you do like all to the time. Listen, it's a nice <laughs> mixture of Manchester City United fans that come together in harmony and have a bit of a debate. But there will be something in the works that I'm going to stir the pot. 
uh, with a Christmas-themed uh, activity. We're going to do Secret Santa. We're right. going to do Secret Santa, and I'm going to let you know more about that because uh, I need to give you the answer to a question that I set you. I asked you uh, why uh, the 23rd of August 1986 was significant uh, ahead of tonight's game against Manchester United and Arsenal. What mm. was the best you came up with, Alex? The best? We went all around the houses and the best I can remember is it's the last league game that was a nil-nil at Old Trafford between the two sides. Ian? To be honest, I haven't got a clue. I'll tell you. <laughs> this will be the first meeting of Manchester United against Arsenal that neither Sir Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger has been involved oh, in since okay. the 23rd of August 1986. Wow. That's a long, long time. Wow. Uh, right, so we are going to do, on the Wednesday Club, a little uh, Christmas-themed activity. It's Secret Santa. Uh, so, with a twist. Paul, you can come in. Paul, uh, obviously, one of the players who's going to be taking uh, part. We've got Paul, um, uh, who's here. Hello, Paul. Say hello. Uh, hello. 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 <laughs> if you ever watch our videos, you can always check him out. He's always the uh, the bald one in the background, just chuckling and along. <laughs> uh, we've got Phil the Back Taxi Driver. So, Paul, representing the city. Phil the Back Taxi Driver, representing the city. We tried to get on, but lost his number. And Ian Cheeseman, as well, representing Manchester City. Oh, good. I was hoping I represent city. Yes, you did. <laughs> and then on the United side, we've got Trevor Lynch. Uh, yeah, no, who Trev. we've had on uh, the full-time Devils, Alex Boardman and Steve Shanyaski. Now, gentlemen, uh, Christmas is a time for forgiving. Are you right, Ian? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's what it's Alex, all about. Yeah. yeah, let's pretend, yeah. Yeah, let's pretend. <laughs> so, instead of uh, what would be nice is for City fans to all buy for each other, and then we would be United fans to buy for each other, we're not going to do that. City fans, like yourself, Ian, are going to buy for United fans, and oh, United yeah. fans are going to buy for City fans. And then we're going to present it on the Wednesday Club, uh, probably the last one before Christmas. Um, Paul, thank you very much for for taking part in this Secret Centre activity. You know, you're quite welcome. I'm just wondering what they're going to buy a City what? fan at the moment, because... We've got, We've got everything, everything Alex, <laughs> yeah. are you going to leave this to the last minute? You're not, are you? Well, I'll be probably popping into a garage about five to six in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to make sure that we do the draw and I'll let everyone know in this room who they've got. Uh, and then we're going to present to you on uh, on probably on our Facebook page and uh, Twitter page, a video of us open our presents. And we'll come on air and let you know nice. what we've got. So this is the task I'm setting you. You've got to go buy something for a rival, uh, for, for your rival club uh, but for someone we all like and know so obviously Ian, if you get Alex you like him so don't be too mean to him are we drawing lots are we're we... drawing lots I'm going to draw lots uh, after the show I thought we'll do it after because it okay. sounds bad on and what's the budget uh, five pound no more than five pound can we be um, less than five pound yes of course you can yes because that is just the general budget do we get uh, to keep uh, the change why have I spend yeah. more than five pound uh, you can charge Alex um, yeah. yeah, that's really it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. five pound. I don't know what else you'd want to get for more than five pound. But five pounds the budget. That is it. No more, no less. Oh, you can do less. Uh, and then we're going to present um, the stuff on the show. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, all the best. Your, your challenge starts now. All good. I'm excited. I hope you thinking this afternoon because I knew it was coming up. Have you what? You've done it. <laughs> I've already done it. Yeah. Have you actually? Yeah. Oh, well, Ian, see, Alex, you don't be late. Six pounds sixty nine. That's why I asked. Can I go? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Six pounds sixty nine. Well then, uh, th can't wait to see what they are. Um, I'm, I'm sure everyone's excited. Yeah, got, got very. Good ideas. I Alex? have got an idea. Yes. Steve Shanyaski, who's on the show, has got him his uh, specially made from a factory. Is it in Inverness? China. In China. 
bit different to Inverness. <laughs> um, right, let's move on. And Paul, you can stay with us for a, a chat if you want about um, everyone's favourite awards ceremony, the Ballon d'Or. Do you, do you keep an eye over this, Ian? I heard that Luca Modric had won it, and Luka- I saw there was a little bit of controversy over the, uh, the the winner of the women's award. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, he's apologised that now. Yeah. Crazy incident there. Um, but we want to talk about the list, the old um, list that places um, Paul Pogba above certain city players. So how it all works is um, journalists from across the world get three votes. You get um, to give someone three points, two points and one point. Then they collect everything up together uh, and see who is on top of the list. That was when Luka Modric came first. Uh, and Leon Messi, 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 Messi came fifth. Leon Leon Messi, is he he his brother? Yeah, yeah, it's Leon (laughs) Messi, is his brother. But we're going to play a little game now of higher or lower. So it's very simple, I'm going to give you a player and I'm going to... Oh, Paul can cheat, you're looking at this list. I'm going to give you a player and you're going to tell me, did the other player become higher or lower in the Ballon d'Or list? Are you ready? We're ready. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Alex Boardman. I'll go first. Mo Salah... Right. Should was be about 200. Griezmann higher or lower than Mo Salah? Higher. Higher, you are. Correct. Yes. Ian Cheeseman. Yep. Mo Salah, was he higher or lower than Hazard? Oh, it's touch and go, that, isn't it? Because I know Hazard was up there as well. Uh, I think Hazard was slightly higher. Uh, slightly higher? No. Mo Salah was six. Hazard was eighth. Uh, for you, um, Alex, Harry Kane. Oh, oh mm. is Paul not having a go? Oh, yeah, sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. It's all right. I'll right. stick up for you, Conte. Paul. Those blues. Harry together. Kane. Right? Think of Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, Conte. Was he higher or lower than Harry Kane in the think, list? I'm trying to think like Kante a... Kante for Chelsea. A, a, like a journalist. A, a journalist, but a Would you put Kante for Chelsea higher or lower than Harry Kane? I would put him higher. Higher than Harry Kane? Yeah. You are mm. wrong. Harry Kane So United lead two City players 1-0 oh. <laughs> For really you then gonna get to Back die. to you Alex <laughs> Paul Pogba Yeah Paul Pogba Where did Kevin De Bruyne come? Was it higher or lower than Paul Pogba? Well lower in be- the- Because De Bruyne didn't win the World Cup in the summer Lower? Yes yeah, so Pogba, Pogba was higher than De Bruyne Wrong. Pogba was higher than De Bruyne. I've got a list in front of me. Number 9 is Kevin De Bruyne All Number right. 15 Paul Pogba You're thinking of this one Ian, <laughs> Paul Pogba or Sergio Aguero? Who I see what I was thinking Paul Pogba. <laughs> you, you are correct. I see what I was thinking Sergio Aguero came lower than Paul Pogba in this. Uh, let's go back to you, Paul. Gareth Bale or Sergio Aguero? Who came higher? Oh, I already know that's Gareth Bale, isn't it? Gareth Bale? No, Sergio Aguero was uh, two places higher. I've not got thinking like a French journalist yet. <laughs> no, you've not. Right, French and then too. we go. Mane from uh, Liverpool. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, Mane from Liverpool. Uh, was he higher or lower than Firmino from Liverpool? Um, Firmino was higher. Firmino was higher. You are correct. Yes. Ian? This is to equalise. This is to equalise. You've got two City players here. Neymar or Mbappe? Who Mbappe. was higher? Mbappe. Ha- Mbappe was higher? Yeah. Correct. Ooh, this is for the win, Paul. This is for the win. This is for the hat-trick of losses for me. Neymar <laughs> or Luis Suarez? Who was higher? Neymar or Luis Suarez? Suarez. Suarez? 
Unfortunate. Um, and then obviously they give you the top three Luca Modric, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Antonio Griezmann. A gentleman who won that one? 3 0. 3 0. Round of applause yeah. for, for everyone. Well done there. That was the Ballon d'Or. And maybe. Um, Can I just make a little comment here? Not about the quiz, um, about the fact that this Ballon d'Or, um, which uh, Alex um, alluded to, is all about the World Cup. So the Champions League, the domestic league, none of that matters. The only thing that matters to the, is the World Cup. And the number of times I've heard the, the World Cup referenced to, and I've told you before that I didn't see a lot of it, so you might say, well, what does he know? He didn't watch it. But the World Cup, in my opinion, the, the country versus country competition, which we've regarded throughout my life as being the pinnacle of football, is not the pinnacle of football. When Croatia play England in one semi-final, and who did France play in the other semi-final? Belgium. Belgium, Belgium, Belgium yeah. right? Uh, with none of the, 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 you know, the, the big nations, as it were, really, France perhaps a, an exception, playing in that competition... I just I, I think that a top Premier League side, a top La Liga side, a top even Bayern Munich would would destroy France, would destroy England, would destroy um, Croatia. You know, I, I just think the quality of the of the of the club competitions now is far far superior. Is this because Pogba got more votes than Aguero? No. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Hold on, uh, that does bug me a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, hearing certain rumours that Paul Pogba and Lukaku are on the bench tonight, not right. confirmed, but that is what's floating around on Twitter at the minute as I scroll through it. Obviously, I'm paying attention to you two speaking. I don't often, <laughs> I don't often zone out, but then I did. Uh, right, so Pogba and Lukaku could be on the bench for Manchester United. Um, I wanted to talk Good. about. Come on. Good. come on and get the late winner. Oh, of course. Yeah. He'll come on at four 0 down and get a, a late consolation. Yeah, Have you been United are behind? They'll come back. I'll tell you. You've been present, pleasantly surprised with. Of, uh, Unai Emery at Arsenal, Ian. Yeah, I mean, obviously phenomenal. not got off to a great start. The, the City, uh, the Emirates, people thought, oh, same old Arsenal, but done well. Of reflection, you sort of look at that and you think, I'm quite happy that City played Arsenal on the opening day of the season yeah. before Arsenal found the feet uh, because that is a tough game now. Um, have I been surprised by him? Yeah, must admit I have. Um, when you follow somebody who's been there for long, I know you know he wasn't as successful as Fergie, but nevertheless, in my eyes, Wenger was was a legend and and did great things at Arsenal. And the club was built in his image. He had his hands in every department. So for anybody to go in there and take over and be the man who followed Wenger, not quite the same challenge as following Fergie, mm. admitting that, but nevertheless. A, a superb challenge to, to do that and for him to do what he's done so far very very impressed indeed have you Alex you agree yeah well what really surprised me I think Tottenham Arsenal at the weekend was probably the, my favourite game that I've seen this season um because That's not difficult being a United it, fan. <laughs> well, I just mean throughout the league. I don't. I don't see it. I, I, I watched the Liverpool Everton one, and it didn't have the same. There's no intensity. There's no intensity in the Manchester derby. The Liverpool derby was like average, um, and they were flying at each other. And that was, if you'd have said before I'd have watched that, can we beat Arsenal? I would have been. Do you know what? We'll probably just bully them out of it and beat them one nil. And the way they played against Tottenham, Dyer was trying to do that, and he couldn't. They, they just played round him and they got stuck into him and um, I, I think he's done a fantastic job here yeah, and they're playing really, really good stuff as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. indeed they are. Um, do you think United could have learnt from, obviously, when they signed Moyes as the manager to take over from Alex Ferguson? Do you think they'll look back on that decision and regret it? 
as you look at well, what Arsenal did, Arsenal picked someone who could take the squad that they've got now and well, do something yeah, with it. Moyes was on a bit of a hiding to nothing and he did inherit, he, he inherited the champions, but he inherited Vidic and Everett and Ferdinand were coming into the last season. Giggs was like back 38, I think. So he was, you know, he did inherit champions, so he was expected to win it. But, and, and that's not the same for Emery. He was just expected to go in and kind of like, you know, whatever you can do will be great. Finish better than mid-table, well, finish better than six, where I think they finished last year, and you've done a good job. So I think the pressure was off him, and I think the pressure was really on Moyes. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to have to leave that there. I can tell you um, that reports are uh, more and more reports suggesting Pogba is dropped uh, for this game. Uh, however, Bayi might be back and Rowan might be starting with Darmian as well. Uh, right. So, you probably know the team news in about uh, four minutes. Unfortunately, we've got to go. Uh, but, Ian, thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, we'll see you back on Friday, will we? Indeed, I'm we'll back, back on, on Friday, Friday now, Every Friday. Uh, Alex, um, uh, see you on Sunday for a new show. Yeah, yeah, brand new show. I'm going to have to have a little salt bath for my throat so I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul, thank you very much. We'll see you towards Christmas time where we uh, reveal the secret Santa gifts. Gifts. This has been the Wednesday Club. Thank you very much for listening. Excess Manchester. Right, so that is it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or however you listen to this podcast. Search Manchester Football Social. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a quick rating. Say that lad Joe, mint. Mint at what he does, yeah? Do that for me now. Uh, there is a new podcast out every weekday, uh, so come back soon and we will see you. And Well, we won't see you, but we'll kind of hear you. Will we hear you? I don't know where I'm going with this. Just want to say thanks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply